This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with the cousins Derek and Tyler. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Husker CuzCast for all podcast updates and more. We're still in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic, so there are no sports on except for horse racing. Are you guys watching horse racing at all, guys? No. (laughs) Tyler? No. I'd rather watch marble racing. Are you serious? uh, What? And WrestleMania 30, I'd rather watch that. Tyler, what is your hatred for horse racing? It's the same thing as NASCAR. It just, live, it's awesome. But that, watching that on TV is just, it's awful. I, I don't know how anyone could do it. It's its two minutes. I mean, it, it takes two minutes. And it, especially if you have a nickel on the race, it's its very entertaining. I i love the pageantry that's but, involved but it's in like there. like 20 minutes between every race. And then two minutes of race. It's just a lot of wasted time watching it on TV. Well, I mean, what, whatever. I mean, its it's something to... It's something sports related that you can watch right now, and I tell I've been you, watching old Husker games, but well, that, that's fine. You can do that. I mean, but it's I don't know. In in the absence of all sports, I think this is great for horse racing as long as you know they keep doing it. A lot of tracks are closing because of COVID nineteen, but there are some tracks still up and running, and it's on Fox Sports One. You know, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So check it out. All right, well. Uh, we're going to talk about head coaches in the Big Ten tonight. We're going to take a look at who may be on the hot seat, and we'll also give our ranking of the head coaches in the Big Ten. So let's go ahead and let's start off in the Big Ten coaches on the hot seat. Tyler, who are your top five coach, Top five coaches on the hot seat, five through one. So my number five uh, is the guy from Nebraska, Scott Frost. You know, I, I love Scott Frost. I don't think he's really quite on the hot seat, but there's no doubting if he misses a bull this year that he's going to be there. Um, number four, Lovey Smith. Number three, Tom Allen. Number two, Jim Harbaugh. And number one, Mike Loxley. Uh, Tom Allen at number three. He just got a pretty good extension after making a bull game last year. Still on the hot seat for you, Tyler? Well, didn't know about the extension. I missed that in the news. But when you look at what he's done actually at Indiana, like, yes, bet last year made a bull, you know, but Justin, how many years have we been talking about Indiana should pop? And they never do. But they did. And I just, I, like, they made a bull. I mean, he is constantly. Eight games in the regular season. He has constantly underperformed. He had one good year, which is awesome, or okay. But, yeah, I mean, I think right now, I don't think, honestly, after number one, I really don't see any coach seat that warm. But, uh, but yeah, so having to rank it, that's my order. Wow. Derek, you have Tom Allen seems absurd to me. I mean, he just had an 8-4 and season. If he went 8-4 and and then fell back a couple years, I could see where you could bring it up. But he just had his best season. So, I I don't know. He's in his fourth year. Has made one bull. Um, we'll see. I, again, I I think okay. we're gonna get into this. What do they have to do to keep their job? But uh, right. but I got I got Mike Loxley, which you guys all have it. Well, you have it at number one. I don't know where Justin has it yet. Uh, I got Mike Loxley at number five. I I don't see this guy getting fired after year two. Uh, I don't. I don't. I, I just don't see. I don't think Maryland is a prestigious enough school that they're going. Well, you didn't fix it in two years. You need to go away. Uh, unless something stupid happens there, I think he was a bad hire. I don't think he's a good coach to, for them. But I just don't see him. Co- if I fired him after one year, number four, I have Scott Frost. Again, I'm with you, Tyler. I don't think he's necessarily on the hot seat this year. But if he doesn't make a bowl game this year, he's definitely going to be on the hot hot seat next year. 
Uh, I have Jeff Brom number three. This guy to me has progressed. Uh, he had a seven and six year to a six and seven to a four and eight season last year. He's progressively gotten worse. Uh, he's going into his fourth year. It's time to start showing up. And if he don't show up this year, I could see some problems for him. Uh, number two, I got Harbaugh. And it, it's really tough for this because I think this is kind of like the Bo Pelini, uh kind of mentality here where you're going, God, a guy's winning you a lot of games, but he just can't win the games you want him to win. So I, I, I and he's going into his sixth year. You've had plenty of time to start proving it. So I think he's definitely starting to get on the warm seat. And I have Lovey Smith, who's also going into his fifth year. And I know he just had his best season too, but he's in his fifth year, only made one bowl game, still hasn't had even a winning season with that bowl season. I, I just I, I think last year I think last year saved his job for last year, but I think he's still in the hot seat this year. All right, Derek, I got to ask you something. Jeff Brom there. You know, what he inherited at Purdue, he went in 6-6 six and six regular season his first two years. He had a lot of injuries last year that set him back to go 4-8 and eight last year. But having him at number three and uh, there, I mean, that's – that is almost as goofy as having Tom Allen there at number well, three but, for but, Tyler. But, but, after a 4-8 and eight season, well, well, you me, think it's that absurd for him to be a seat to warm up after a 4-8 and eight season, though? I mean, at least I'm not putting a coaching on the hot seat. I just went ahead and eight and four season. Yeah, okay, nah, but, that's but, true, but that's true. Derek, you just had Lovey Smith as your number one, the coach that's most on the hot seat after his best season. But yet it's absurd. But he's had have, five years, so I mean, he's, he's in his fifth year. But yet it's your absurd guys in, to have Tom Allen in your my guys top in his, five. You guys only had three years. My guys had five already. Like. And I think Indiana has been much loaded, more loaded, and he has consistently, with the exception of last year, underperformed expectations. And Lovey Smith has not recruited well. They're like the low, one of the lowest ranked recruiting teams out of the out of all the group, Power Five teams this year or last year. Uh, so I don't see things moving up for him. I just I don't I don't I, I I like Lovey Smith when he was the Chicago Bears head coach I loved the guy I thought he was awesome I was upset when he left there to go to Tampa Bay and I thought he would do good things at Illinois but going into year five and you've had one six win season I don't think that's good enough. Well, he's on an uptick at least. I mean, these he's he got them to where they need to be. He's headed in the right direction. All right, Maybe. Well, let's, but I think it needs to continue. All right, so let me get to mine so you guys can trash me here. Uh, my number five is Pat Fitzgerald. Now, let me preface all of this by saying I don't think anybody is going to get fired after this year, barring a completely disastrous season. Pat Fitzgerald comes in at number five for me. He went three and nine last year. Uh, I think he's going to have to bounce back big to get off that list this year. Uh, he, I don't think he can afford to have another three and nine season, even if he is Northwestern's golden boy. Uh, he should be winning way better than that the three and nine clip. So, my number four guy is Jim Harbaugh, and you know, this is a guy who has uh, the second best talent in the Big Ten. Uh, he's never won a conference title or beat Ohio State. Uh, most of the times he doesn't finish better than third in the East. He had one uh, share of the title. I can't remember what year. Uh, but 2018. 2018, yeah. There you go. Thank you. Amber alert. Amber alert. All right. I guess we no, don't I get have Amber. To, I, have to, I have to stay inside. Is that what it is? Yeah, public safety. Stay inside. Well, how, you know, this is bullshit here. You're in Colorado. Derek, you're in Nebraska. I'm in Texas. They don't care about us down here. My phone didn't go off at all. They're like, you guys do whatever you want down there. What are you talking about? They don't care about you. I'm still going to work, assholes. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Hey, all of our bars and gyms and restaurants, they're all shut down down yeah, here. I know. Thank God the yeah, bars yeah. and gyms are closed because otherwise, I'd, or bars and restaurants, or else I'd get really fat here. 
no gym, nothing. But okay, keep your list going, Justin. <laughs> okay, uh, so Jim Harbaugh, he comes at number four. He's just underperformed there at Michigan. Number three, Scott Frost. This, this guy, man, he he needs a big year coming up here. He's uh, again, I don't think he's going to get fired, but after two subpar. Uh, Attempts there in years one and two. That guy, he needs to turn it around. My number two guy is Lovey Smith. Uh, he did finally make a bowl game last year, but you know he he he's, needs to keep it up to stay off that hot list there. My number one guy is Mike Loxley because he was three and nine last year after starting two and zero. Oh. I mean, the guy is six and forty as a head coach. Uh, he was a terrible hire to begin with, and they he needs something before they just cut ties because now in college football, after two seasons, coaches get fired, and this guy is not impressing anybody. But I'll say this about that though: like, who's firing coaches after two years? It's usually like your Florida States, and it's usually your big schools, teams that are used to winning. Maryland's never won at football anyway. I, I don't I, think they're going after firing a coach after two years. I just don't see it. Well, I will say, you know, it's it's teams that realize that they screwed up and never should have hired the guy in the first place. And I think he fits the bill there. Who, who else has been fired in two years or less besides Florida State, a tagger? There was the two guys uh, last year that were fired after two years. Uh, it was like back-to-back weekends, too. We talked about it on the program. Arkansas. Arkansas, there you go. Yep. Okay. So uh, I, I just want to go back to Tom Allen. You guys crushed me for him. And, and I will admit I should have known he just got an extension. And kudos to him. But again, if you take out games against Maryland and Rutgers, how many Big Ten wins does this guy have in his tenure there? You guys guess. Uh, total? three last year. Total. Uh, shoot. He probably he probably had two each of the first two years. Outside of Maryland and Rutgers. Oh, outside of them. He's got okay. five. five. Five wins against teams not named Rutgers or Maryland in the Big Ten. I, again, he, he the guy. I I just I think if he misses a bull this year and he retracts, the guy is. Definitely on the hot seat. Probably a good shot he gets fired. And you guys make a big deal about extensions. Didn't, like, Scott Frost just get an extension, and yet you all had him on their hot list? Like, what does an extension really mean in college football? So, again, uh, I don't think any of these coaches that I named on the hot seat are going to get fired. But I agree with for you. I agree with you the guys who are hot seat, you know, headed into this year, they're going to need a good year or – they need to prove something to get off that hot seat for the following year, because that seat I, I gets think, a little bit warmer for some of these guys if they don't if they can't do anything this year, right? I, I tend to disagree with you guys. I think there are only two coaches that feasibly could get fired. And I think it's uh, Lovey Smith. I do think if he if he doesn't make a bowl game again and he just looks like it's regressing again, I could see him getting rid of him. And I think Jim Harbaugh, I think if he doesn't start performing like year seven, like year seven or you're, you're in year six right now, like at what point do we sit here and go, you're not finishing even top two in the division, yet alone winning conference titles. You're, you're, you have four and five stars just like Ohio State does, and you're not doing it. Like you're just not doing it. So I think, I mean, yeah, you're winning nine and a half wins a year, but at the end of the day, you haven't beat Ohio State. You haven't won the division outright. You haven't won a conference title. You've done nothing that we've expected you to do for that $7.5 million a year that we've panned out for the last six years. So why keep you around if you can't get it done? So, and I so, think after six years, you've had plenty of time to prove that. So what's the number for Harbaugh? So, I mean, I think we're going to do this. But So, Derek, we're, we're going to get into that. I, I personally think he either needs to win 10 wins again this year because he only won nine last year. And I or or if he wins less than ten, I think one of those wins has to be Ohio State. Yeah, I, everything you said there, I completely agree. I think ten wins keeps his job no matter what, um, and, and he could go eight and four if he beats Ohio State. It's all forgiven. 
he'll get another year to run it back. So if he wins just nine games and does not beat Ohio State, you think they can him? I could, I could see it. Would not, it would not surprise me if they did. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, it, it, it's, it's going to be really hot. He'll be my number one. I'll put it this way. If that scenario happens, if he doesn't get fired, he will be my number one hot seat in the next year. I think Nebraska fans will be the first to tell other programs, do not fire a coach that gets you nine wins. Don't do it. You may be you, you may be right about that, Justin, but when's the last time anybody listened to a Husker fan? No, I mean it's it's I think it's just bad all the way around. It, it um, probably is. Like we should probably still have Polini here, but at the end of the day, we fired him, so it's time to move on. Yeah, but for Michigan to move on after firing fi- any they school that fires a head coach that wins nine games, I think it's that's terrible. It's just you should not do he that. Did, he did have one season where only won eight wins. He did. He did. But after a nine-win season, you should not get. You, fired. you might, you, Justin. You might think it's terrible, but I'm just trying to look at it from a, from a Michigan's fan perspective and the alum the, and the, and the uh, athletic director perspective and what we're paying him to do. I'm trying to look at it from their perspective, not from the outside world's perspective. All right, uh, Tyler. Let's revisit your top five here and talk about. What does each coach need to do to get off the hot seat? So so I just want to make sure I'm getting this context right. So what do they have to do to be off the hot seat, or what do they have to do to keep their job for another year? Just stay off the hot seat. I mean, I don't th- – you can answer it however you want, but seriously, I mean, are these guys going to get fired? I don't I don't think so. So I but think – Just I think off it, the hot I, seat. I think Scott Frost um, – I think Scott Frost is – if he wins a bowl game – He's going to keep his job. I think that gets him off the hot seat. A bull, a bull game gets him off. Lovey Smith, I think a bull gets him off. Tom Allen, probably a bull game gets him off. If he can go back to back bull games, um, we already talked about Harbaugh. <laughs> you put him on for having just an eight win season, but a bull win <laughs> gets him off. <laughs> no, I back to back bulls. I think gets him off. I think right now you have to look at the context. He's the guys had. It goes back to the Mike Riley thing. Mike Riley won nine games, and then next year he was fired. Like, one good season does not erase the first three years of crap. There's only two years. Okay. Does not erase the first two years of crap. Uh, It just doesn't. It was two Um, five and seven (laughs) seasons. Which is pretty standard at, at Idaho or Indiana, sorry. Yeah, it, it you're you're right. It is, and they've won like the, they made three bowl games. Um, so I, I that's my opinion. I think he's got to make a bowl game again. A failure okay. if he goes misses a bowl game. As far as Loxley go, man, I I'm with you guys. I think it was a crappy hire. I think everyone's looking at that. I don't know. I probably a bull gets him off another year, but man, I I I just think his name's gonna be on the hot seat for a while unless he really starts performing. Yeah, Derek, talk about your top five and the, what do they need to do to get off the hot seat? All right. Mike Loxley, all he needs to do to save his job, in my opinion, is beat his alma mater, which is Towson, for those uh, who didn't know. That's weak. I, I, I don't see this guy really truly being on a hot seat. I think he could go 1-11 and probably okay for this year. And then wow. next year he would he would enter the a very hot seat. But I, I just, like I said, I, I can't see him getting fired this year. Maryland's not good enough to be firing coaches after two years. I just they deserve uh, better. They were a better program before he got there. He can't continue to drive that program into the ground. True, but their coach also killed a kid. So yeah, collateral damage. Potato, potato, you know, potato. potato. I, look, look I, I, again. I think it's. I think it was a terrible hire. I just don't see it after year two. He, he's probably on the hot seat, uh, hot, hotter seat next year than he is this year for me. Uh, Frost, I think six wins probably calms the storm a little bit. But I think if he really wants to get off the hot seat, I think he needs to win seven wins this year. Uh, Jeff Brom, I think he needs to start winning more games at the beginning of the season. Just going one and three uh, for the first four weeks is just terrible. It's a terrible look. You need to start winning some of these games that are – 
I mean, last year there were games that you probably should have won on a couple of them. Uh, this year is going to be really tough for him, too, because he's got at Nebraska, Memphis, Air Force, and at Boston College for his first four games. And I think if he starts 1-3, 0-4 oh, there, I don't think that helps his, his case any. Because I think it's going to be really hard for him to make a bowl game if he's 0-4 oh, to start the season. Has he struggled against uh, Frost yet? No. But... Okay, even if he wins that one, he's still got to beat Air Force, Memphis, and Boston College, and I'm not so sure he can do that. Yeah. Oh, who did he lose to last year? Was it Eastern Michigan? Oh, no, that was uh, Lovey Smith, which is another reason why he should be on the hot seat because he lost to Eastern uh, Michigan. Uh, anyway, move on. I already stated what I thought uh, Harbaugh needed to do, either 10 wins or beat Ohio State. I think that's fairly bare minimum for him to stay out to, in order for him to get off a hot seat. And uh, Lovey Smith, I'm kind of with Tyler. I think you need to continue to make bowls. And I, you, you, his schedule sets up very nicely for him, where he has Illinois State, UConn, Bowling Green, and at Rutgers for his first four games. So he probably needs to win those four games and just two more throughout the rest of the season. Okay, that's fair. Uh, all right, for me, Pat Fitzgerald, my number five guy, he needs to get back to a bowl game. He needs to bounce back big again, uh, get get to that bowl game. And he's off, you know, he's already their golden child, so he's gone. I agree with you guys about Jim Harbaugh. Ten wins, beat Ohio State, you're cruising along. Uh, Eight wins or less, I think his job is in jeopardy. Scott Frost, that guy needs to continue to show improvement. He needs at least a bowl game. He needs to go six and six. Uh, And I'm not even certain six and six gets him off this list next year when we do the uh, top five. For hot seat. I, I agree with you. I kind of said that too. Like I, I, I think six and six comes a storm. But I don't think it gets you off the hot seat. Yeah. I think seven wins is bare minimum to get him off the hot seat. Yeah. Uh, Lovey Smith, my number two guy. He needs to continue to make a bowl game. If he makes another bowl game, which is going to be pretty tough this year, it's doable. Uh, but if he makes another bowl game, he's off the hot seat. I mean, they'll love him forever at Illinois. Back to back bowl games. Uh, Mike Loxley. Loxley. I don't know what he needs to do to get off the hot seat. I think he's a terrible hire. If he gets a bowl game, I guess that'll change my mind. But the guy is 6-40 and 40 career. I mean, how many years is that coaching football just to be bowl eligible there? You know? I mean. Well, and, and, Derek, you act like Maryland is, you know, the worst program in the Big Ten and, and honestly, I think they're the worst, but let's not put them up there with the elite guys. Okay, but they're they're ahead of Purdue. They're ahead of probably Rutgers. Um, you know, Indiana. They're ahead of Rutgers. I have Purdue. I mean, they're probably. I would put them about equal with Purdue, maybe. I mean, they're they're in the top two thirds of the Big Ten. They're definitely not in the top five or six, but they're ahead not up of there with Northwestern. Oh, I think Northwestern was nothing. They're in the bottom third. They're in the bottom third. They're there with Rutgers, Illinois, uh, Indiana, Purdue, Northwestern. All those schools are worse than them. I mean, I mean, like you guys act like Northwestern was anything before Pat Fitzgerald. Well, he's been. How long has Pat Fitzgerald been there? You know how long he's been there? Like fourteen years. Two thousand six. Yeah. Yeah. He's going into his fifteenth year, like, so it's not like you, like like you talk like you talk about Pat Fitzgerald like he's only been there for like three or four years, like they were terrible up until he got there. Well, I mean that's fifteen years of being at least a decent team. Maryland can't say that. You were in high school back then, man. <laughs> no, I wasn't. You weren't in high school, junior high. No, I was watching. I was watching. Uh... Bill Callahan's Oh, that's up right. That's right. Bill Callahan. I forget. I forget. I forget. That's how I remember when I got to college is Bill Callahan, when he took over Nebraska, I went to college. <laughs> that's right. You should have stayed home. So should he have. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, that, uh, let's move on to the top coaches in the Big Ten. Now, we're going to do this in two phases here. We're going to do the bottom half first, and then we're going to do the top half. So let's start off with the bottom half. Uh, ranking 14 through 8. Tyler, take it away. My number 14 is Mel Tucker, uh, new coach at Michigan State. Not a fan of. Uh, Mike Loxley kind of hit, beat him up already, so I'll move on. Greg Schiano beat him up for months. 
Lovey Smith, number 11. Number 10, Tom Allen. Probably the reason I think he's on the hot seat. I have him so low. Number 9, Scott Frost. And number 8, PJ Flag. Holy cow. Uh, should we debate this now and move on? Or do you want to give your... Actually, no, let, let, Tyler, I got to ask you. Why do you have PJ Flex so low? Well, and I, I will be the first to admit, you, going into last year, I would have had PJ Fleck probably, I had him probably on the hot seat if we'd have done this segment last year. Um, you know, I was not a fan of his. And last year, he impressed me. And I will say that. If I was doing a tier of Big Ten coaches, you know, he, he is definitely really close to the couple guys above him. It's just at the end of the day, like, he hasn't done it long enough for me to really give him credit. It's hard. I, I, I will admit that I struggled with my number uh, five through nine. I went back and forth on them, but ultimately, I just, he hasn't done it long enough at Minnesota for me to have I, him higher. I shouldn't have interrupted you. I should let Derek go first. I guess I just tipped my hat saying that I don't have P.J. Fleck in my bottom half. Derek, what is your bottom half of the Big Ten? Uh, I have Mike Loxley dead last. Just you mentioned he's 6-40 and 40 all time. I, I get, I, I'm sorry. I know Tyler's over here laughing like, how is he not on your hot seat? Well, that's because it's the year two thing, okay? That's the only reason. I get it. I get it. It's the only reason. Uh, then I got. Then I have Mel Tucker. How the hell did this guy double his wage for a five and seven season at Colorado? Colorado is a good team, but so that's that's a standard. You beat Nebraska, you double your salary. Apparently, if that's the case, and every coach in the Big Ten should probably be making about ten million dollars a year. They are now. That's why Jeff Braun <laughs> isn't on the hot Jeff, seat. <laughs> that's why Jeff Braun's making big more money than Scott Frost now. He owns Scott Frost, so he makes more I, I money. Don't care. I don't care. That's not the standard. You know it, and I know it. The, the guy went five and seven, and that's that's who Michigan State went after. That blows me away. It was more. I think it was more the timing of everything. I don't see him being around very long either. Uh, I have Lovey Smith at number twelve. I have Greg Ciano at number eleven. I think he could bump up if he if he can turn things back around at Rutgers a second time. He's going to look like a genius. I just don't know if he can do it in a Big Ten. Uh, I have Tom Allen at number 10. I have Pat Fitzgerald at number 9. Uh, I have Jeff Brom at number 8. Okay. Uh, we're not too far off, Derek. Uh, I have Mike Loxley, dead last, number 14. Mel Tucker, same thing, man. Terrible hire. I don't know how this dude landed a job at Michigan State, but he did. It's all about that Nebraska win, I guess. Uh, number 12, Lovey Smith. He got his first game, bowl game last year, so that gets him out of the bottom. Plus, Mel Tucker joining the Big Ten kind of <laughs> gave him an extra bump there. Well, we Tom got rid Allen, of Chris Ash. We got yeah, rid of Chris Ash and that's Adam true. Mel Tucker. Yeah, number coming in at number eleven is Tom Allen. You know, he had the eight wins there at Indiana last year. You know, they lost their bowl game. He went five and seven first two years, but. He's he's coming up. Got a big extension that Tyler didn't know about. Number 10 is Scott Frost. Number 9, Greg Schiano. Uh When he was at Ruggers the first time, he went bowling uh, in 6 of 11 seasons, which isn't impressive, but it's at Ruggers. And he was 5-1 and one in those bowl games. Uh, number 8, Jeff Brom. I... I think he's at the he's the best of the bottom half of the Big Ten coaches in my eyes. So, all right, go ahead, Tyler. Wow. Okay, my number first thing is you guys rag on me for having Tom Allen in my hot seat, and yet you all th think Justin, you have him lower than I do in the Big Ten rankings. I think Derek, where did you have him? Do you have him ten? Ten, yeah. We're, we're the, I just I'm shocked that you guys gave me so much shit. Secondly. How in the hell do you have Greg Schiano ahead of Scott Frost? That is a good question. I would like to hear the answer to that. Well, I will answer it by what Greg Schiano did at Ruggers the first time was more impressive than what Scott Frost has done at Nebraska. You can say what he's done at UCF. But it was in the great. Big East, a now defunct conference. That was garbage at that time because Miami and Virginia Tech had already left. 
And I would argue what Scott Frost did at UCF is more impressive than what Greg Schiano did at Rutgers. By far. You realize Scott Frost is the only coach in the Big Ten with an undefeated season under his belt? Wow. That's not easy to do, guys. Like I, I know we kind of scoff at it because it's just UCF, but he is the only coach in the Big Ten with an undefeated season. That's true. Kind of makes it sound a little bit easier doing it at UCF when you only went nine wins at Nebraska in two years. Probably was a little bit easier to do at Rutgers in the Big East, too. Yeah, I mean, hey, look, Greg Shiano, I think that guy, I think he's a good coach, really good college coach. I think he should have got that job at Tennessee before their fans went rabid and ran him out, uh, before he got, you know, three days into the job or whatever that was. Uh, We talked about this before when he was hired, and I thought this was a knockout hire by Ruggers getting Greg Shiano. I'm high on Greg Schiano. I could look like an idiot here in a couple of years, but I think uh, the program's in really good hands with Greg Schiano. Uh, Scott Frost, he's done two years to prove me wrong so far, so I'm giving Greg Schiano the benefit of the doubt. Uh, we'll see how this coming year goes uh, as they move along in their the Big Ten coaches uh, in their careers. But Scott Frost hasn't done much to... Get out of the above that right right here at that po- at this point in my eyes. Any other questions? All right, so let's uh, let's go ahead and do the top seven here. Tyler, take it away. Seven through one. Okay, my number seven. I have Ryan Day. I know we'll circle back around, so I won't go in there. But number six, I have Jim Harbaugh. Number five, Jeff Braun. Number four, Paul Christ. Number three, Kirk Ferentz. Number two, Pat Fitzgerald. And number one, James Franklin. <laughs> God dang, Tyler. Uh, all right. Recap that real quick, Tyler. Number seven, Ryan Day. Number six, Jim Harbaugh. Number five, Jeff Braun. Number four, Paul Christ. Number three, Kurt Ferentz. Number two, Pat Fitzgerald. And number one, James Franklin. Yeah, I just had to hear you say that, Pat Fitzgerald at number two. All right, Derek, get, take it away. What is your seven through one? Uh, I, I really went back and forth on this, but I, I, I essentially decided I chickened out, okay? I originally had Ryan Day at, like, number nine, and I chickened out on doing that. But I put Frost at seven. I put Ryan Day at six. Uh I got Ferenc at five. I think he's a good coach, but I think he still leaves a lot to be desired sometimes. Uh, I have Fleck at number four. I know Tyler is going to hate that because he thinks he's a bottom-tier coach. But let, let me tell you something, guys. You know what he did last year? He went 11-2 and two at Minnesota. You know when the last time Minnesota's had a double-digit win season? 1952. 2003, it wasn't that long ago, but but they had they went 10 and 3 that year. You know when the last time they won more than 10 games? 1952. No. 1904. They went 13 and 0 in 1904. It was the last time they had more than 10 wins. Wow. What he did there was was amazing. I mean, he beat a Penn State team that nobody thought they should have been able to beat. Like I, I was impressed. Plus, what he did at Western Michigan was—he—he he was one drive away from beating Wisconsin and having an undefeated season himself. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think what he has done in his career has been far and above what most of the coaches here have done. And I think what he did at Minnesota was very impressive last year. Uh, then I have Harbaugh number three, and the only reason I have him that high is because the guy's got a. 72% winning percentage in college. Like, he's winning a lot of damn games. He went 29-6 uh, and six at San Diego, which is amazing. Uh, he went 29-21 and 21 at Stanford, which was decent, but it got him a job in the NFL, I guess. And he's 47-18 and 18 at Michigan. Like, the guy's just, he wins games, and that's what he does. He just can't win the big ones. It's kind of like Bo Pelini. Uh, then I got Paul Christ at number two. I think it's hard to deny what that guy's done. 
they they're they they never have the top talent, but they always win so many games, and they just they win the division probably nine times out of ten. It seems like every every year, so I, I, it's hard not to put him in there. And James Franklin is the only guy in here that's won a conference title since Urban Meyer's been gone now. So I don't know how you don't put him number one. I guess. All right, here's my top half of the Big Ten. Number seven, Pat Fitzgerald. Number six, Jim Harbaugh. Number five, P.J. Fleck. He won the West in his third year at Minnesota. That's that's just impressive. Uh, Derek, you alluded to it, 11 wins. Awesome. Uh, number four for me, Kirk Ferentz. He's been at Iowa forever. He's got two Big Ten titles under his belt. Been to bowl games 17 of 21 years. He won the West in 2015. He's just a staple in the Big Ten. Uh, number three is Ryan Day for me. I'm giving him a big boost up there. 16 and 1 in the Big Ten. Uh, God, he was maybe a player or two away from playing in the playing for the national title last year. I mean, it was an exciting game in the semifinals there. They came up short, blew it against Clemson. Clemson came back, but God dang, that was an exciting game. He almost looked like a stud in his very first full year of coaching. Uh, my number two guy goes to Paul Christ. He's won the West three times. He's never finished worse than second. And uh, he's 4-1 and one in bowl games. I mean, the guy just wins. You can argue it's just the system or whatever you want to say. The guy wins games there at Wisconsin. Great coach. Number one is James Franklin. I mean, James Franklin, to me, is he's a clear-cut guy. He rebuilt PSU Penn State from, you know, from coming back from uh, all the sanctions, uh, just added to it, won the Big Ten in 2016, putting up impressive numbers. I mean, God, the Big Ten East uh, could be James Franklin's here. Uh, soon. I mean, it's so that's who I have. So, uh, I'll, I, Tyler, I got to ask you, uh, Pat Fitzgerald, number two, Derek and I were not high on him nearly as high as you. I had him at number seven. Derek, you had him at what? Nine, nine. All right. Why is, why is Pat Fitzgerald the number two coach in your eyes? Okay. So, look, look, before you guys just rag on me, I, I was pulling up a little context to try to get where I'm at. So, obviously, a lot of websites don't have their new coaching rankings. But uh, but 24-7 last year in the country had him just outside their top 10 coaches. Okay? In the country. Had him in the top 15 coaches was in the country. Was that before his 3-9 season? It was before the 3-9 season. So, here's what I have realized. You guys have... Everything that happened last year is everything these guys have ever done. You have Tom Allen. Oh, my God. You are riding the wave of last year. So Pat Fitzgerald has taken a school that is essentially Harvard and turned them into a relevant football program. Two years ago, he won the Big Ten West. Okay? I mean, two years ago, won the Big Ten West. Had made three straight bowl games before this. Again, he is... He is probably at the biggest disadvantage for getting talent of any Big Ten team in the in Big Ten team because of their academics. I I believe Pat Fitzgerald, if he was at a school like Ohio State or a USC, could get them to compete. There is a reason why every time a big time coach, coaching job opens, his name gets thrown around because he is that good of a coach. Like again, maybe I'm a little high on him. But you guys are damn di- disrespectful how low you have him. Because he has too many losing seasons in his career there. He has some bowl games. He has some wins. And, yes, he won the division one year. And, and that's, it's amazing. But great coaches don't go three and nine. Great coaches don't go five and seven, eight, seven, eight years into their tenure. Yeah, it just doesn't happen. Yeah, especially in year 13 or 14 or whatever it was, you're – that uh, he went three and nine. I mean, he's been there for so long, developing the program. Comes off of winning uh, the Big Ten West and follows it up with a three and nine. Something. 
That yeah, something he, wasn't the guy, right there. The, the guy still has a winning record at Northwestern. Okay. That's fine I, and that, dandy. That's, I mean, that's he, great he's for Northwestern. Great for Northwestern. Games at Northwestern. He has almost won 100 games at Northwestern. He's at 99. Like, I, again. In 15 years. I mean, I. So 15. Well, I'm doing some math here. So he's averaged almost seven wins a season. Again, right. I, I, I guess I just think with what he's been dealt, the 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 everything around that program and the what he has done there is phenomenal. And like again, I I agree but, with you. I just don't think it puts him up there as one of the best coaches. Like it's great for Northwestern. I'm not with you. I don't know that I've ever really noticed him being brought up as a coaching hire for anybody else. Uh, I the, the guy can write his own checks at Northwestern. He's not going anywhere. Everybody knows it. He he is their golden boy. He loves. They love him there. But at the end of the day, I I can't put you up there with Fleck and Harbaugh and Chris when you've had, got all these losing seasons to your to your name. And I don't care what school you did it at. Because, look, I mean, it's, Harbaugh did it. was at San Diego. You want to talk about disadvantage and getting talent and trying to win games. And he, he went. He only lost uh, six games in his, out of his 35 games there. Okay. Like, that, that's good coaching. Like, come on. That, that's different. I, again, again, I've just pulled up. CBS Sports last year had him number four in the Big Ten. I mean, the guy. Right, let's has see where they have him this year after that three and nine season. I will and see how they far they him drop top, him. They have him in their top half. I had him in the so top I bet, half. I bet, I bet he's five or six. Five or six. I think I, he's I get, probably one of the most overrated coaches in the Big Ten. Oh my god! I think everybody it, thinks like you do. Well, it's hard to win at Northwestern. It is so hard he's to a win at Northwestern. And, and and I want to actually go to you guys. Do it consistently. You guys is number two. Both of you had Paul Chris at number two. Yes. And Justin, I'm going to say Paul Chris is a good coach. I get it, but he is a hard guy to judge because when has Wisconsin struggled over the last twenty years, twenty five years? Okay, like, this, is, he, this is this is where spoke on the wheel. He is another. This spoke. is where I put him in. This is where I I put him up there. He's five and two in bowl games. He's four and one at at. Uh, uh, Wisconsin and three out of those five are, are New Year's Six bowls. He only lost his first bowl game this year by one point to Oregon in the Rose yeah. Bowl. I again, I I had him fourth, so I'm not going to pretend like I'm so down on him. But I do think that his stock is it's kind of like the Ryan Day thing. Like Ryan Day is hard to judge because it's one year, but like I, there's just some schools that you have some built-in advantages, and Wisconsin right now is one of them. There's Let me ask you about Ryan Day. Did Ryan Day exceed your expectations for this year, Tyler? Yes. I know he ex- exceeded uh, Derek's expectations because Derek had him winning nine games. Ohio State slipping back, just winning nine games this year. And he went on to play in the semifinals and damn near won the semifinals. I think he's an excellent coach. This is his only loss. I'll tell you. I- I, I think does, time will tell, time. but I, yeah. I I think in another year or two, he's probably the best coach in the Big Ten. Could be. I just can't put him up there. Yeah, I want to see a little more out of him than one season. Yeah. And, and it, was an, it was a phenomenal season, don't get me wrong. And he did it with a lot of four and five stars that Urban Meyer brought there. And he'll probably continue to bring in four and five stars and continue to win. I just want to see it before I just throw him in there, I guess. I, I'm with Derek on that. I I, I you know, I could make a case if he duplicates it, he's going to be in my top two or three coaches in the Big Ten. It's just I again, as you could kind of tell by my rankings, I I I don't just look at one season. Like I, Jeff Braun's higher on me. Yeah, um, you have him at number five, which is really freaking high. I I don't know how you have him as a top five coach in the Big Ten. I really don't. Yeah, I I think that we again, again, what he's done at Purdue has been pretty impressive. I think. What the other thing with Jeff Braun is what he's done recruiting. He's had one but winning season at Purdue. It's Purdue. Okay, but, but look what he's done on the recruiting trail. It's Indiana. <laughs> what? What? Indiana? What? It, you're acting like Indiana is Florida or Texas. It's a garbage school when it comes to football. They're a basketball school. I, why? Wait. Outside, outside of you two, whoever expects Indiana to do anything? 
Well, no, I'm talking about Jeff Braun at Purdue. I understand that. But what I'm saying is, you're hammering me. At least Jeff Braun had an eight-win season, and you're putting Jeff Braun in there for having a seven-win season at Purdue. Yeah, it's three seasons. And you're sitting here going, well, it's Purdue. But it's Indiana, and Indiana's playing in a much tougher division. He's recruited very well. He he is recruited very well. And he was banged up so bad injuries. I don't think there was a team in the Big Ten that was more derailed last year because of injuries than Purdue. I will give you that, but i got to go back to this Indiana-Purdue debate here. Through the three seasons that Tom Allen and Jeff Brom have been there, do you know that Tom Allen has won more games at Indiana than Jeff Brom has at Purdue? Just throwing that out there. So seven, six, and six. Wait, wait, seven, six, wait. That's 13. He's won 17 games, and Tom Allen's won 18. Five and seven. Five and seven. God, and eight and four. Goddamn math eight is hard five. for an accountant, too. <laughs> <laughs> I need Excel. I need Excel to put this into. I'm trying to do math here. Okay. Okay. I Again, I, I, I think Jeff Ron is a really good coach. Um, I, I've been impressed with him. I will tell you this. I am more scared of playing a Jeff Braun-led team than a Tom Allen-led team. They both beat us last year, so... Wait, wait, who did you have higher? Who did you have higher, Tom Allen or Jeff Braun? Oh, wait, both of you? I oh. have Jeff Braun. I, I, I have Jeff, Jeff Braun slightly higher. 100%. So quit giving me shit for saying he's a better coach. He no, because me. I'm not going to quit giving you shit because you're sitting here going, well, it's so hard to win at Purdue. Like, it was easy to win at Indiana? I mean, he's not a top five coach. He may be in a couple years, but... Uh, Derek, I want to talk to you about uh, Scott Frost. You had Scott Frost ranked the highest out of both me and Tyler. I had him at 10. Tyler had him at 9. You're jumping him in there at number 7. Uh, what are you basing that off of right now? Uh, right right now, potential and what he did at UCF. Uh, I think I still think the guy has a lot of potential to win a lot of games here. I think he will. I think he'll turn it around. I think he's going to have a big year this year. Uh He's he's the only other coach in the in the Big Ten that's won a coach of the year. He's the only coach in there that's had an undefeated season. So I think those things add up a little bit and put him in there a little bit. I, I wouldn't. I was going to throw him a little higher, but the 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 Nebraska record's still pretty shady. So so, so I want to add Jeff Brom back into this mix here when talking about Scott Frost and going back. Uh, you know, if you're going to go back to the earlier days, because Jeff Brom, he was 30 and 10 at Western Kentucky. He won two conference titles there. Uh, yep. He's come to the Big Ten. He's gone bowling in his first two seasons at Purdue. Uh, Scott Frost has yet to make a bowl game yet. Sure, Jeff Brom went four and eight last year, but uh, you know, but he's progressively gotten worse. He went seven and six, six and seven, and then four well, and eight. Again, he went six and six the first two I don't seasons. Care. Regular you still season, count the bowl games. You, you he went seven, and six, six and seven. He had one winning season and a losing season. But that, True. You're, you're right. You're right. And then he, then he went four and eight. And you can talk about the injuries, but anytime anybody brings up injuries against Scott Frost, where Adrian Martinez was hurt, we lost Deontay Williams early in the season. Then everybody goes, "Quit making excuses for the guy. He needs to start winning." So. Why, why is it we can't talk about injuries for Scott Frost, but when Jeff Brom loses a quarterback that wasn't that great to begin with, we sit here and just ooh and ah, oh, poor, poor Brom. <laughs> Go ahead, and, and, and arguably the best player in the Big Ten in Rondell Moore, you forget to mention that he was also injured last year, but let's forget that. Derek, I, I, I hear what you're saying, and, and on the Scott Frost thing, Again, it's hard because I do believe Scott Frost is a really good coach, and and I do yes, but, think did, he, but did they have somebody to replace Rondell Moore? Did uh, David Bell not have a phenomenal season as a freshman himself? He did, really great season. Could you imagine? So why couldn't how you win scary, more games with that guy? How could how scary would it have been if they would have had both of them? It, wide receiver is different than quarterback. You could play more than one guy. But but the the reason why I have Braun a little bit ahead of Frost again they're close they're on the same tier they're on the same they're right there I, I will but, agree with that I told Justin earlier that to me they're basically tied Braun and Frost are basically yeah, tied in my book and, and that honestly, for everything between Jeff as far Braun, as the hot seat goes and as far as 
the coaching go where I rank him in the coach. I, I honestly, almost have them tied. Honestly, uh, between Paul Chris, Jeff Braun, Jim Harbaugh, Ryan Day, and PJ Fleck and Scott Frost, I literally could have like picked names out of a hat to kind of d- dis- distinguish the difference. Are you freaking serious right now? You're putting Scott Frost in that tier of coaches? 100%. He's got a coach of the year. Again, I have him the lowest. I have him the lowest in that tier because of what he's done in the Big Ten. And I, I can't just turn a blind eye, but I do think he is just as good a coach as them. I, I don't think I would take any of them over Scott Frost. I love what he can do. I think he's got the highest ceiling of any of those guys. I, I just I think he's made a couple mistakes that's led to really underperformance in the first two years. And I and I gotta hold it against him. Okay. Uh, do you guys have any questions about how I ranked, or was my rankings obviously the right rankings? I'm, I'm pulling yours up. I was. I, this. <laughs> I, I think you have wrong. Ryan Day entirely too high. I don't think you yeah, can judge Ryan him Day is and just put him that high in one season after one season. I I get it was a great season. I understand what you're saying. I just I I think you need more than one season to put him as the best coach out there. Hey, I I, I can always drop it, him back next year. But right now, I think he comes well, in and solid number three next year. I mean, he but, can but, but, he can like, move is, forward. Is, but I, I think Jim Harbaugh at six is a little low to me. To me, like the guy. Yeah. I mean, outside of not being able to beat Ohio State and his bowl records, pretty garbage. But outside of that, the guy wins nine and a half, ten wins or nine he, to ten wins almost every he, year. He he is Bo Pelini. That that's what I've decided. Jim Harbaugh is he, he underperforms with what he has. Is what it happens way, every he year. He underperforms what he should be doing. There's always I, have, I had Kirk Ferentz. I, I think I think I gave Kirk Ferentz probably too much credit, and I think you probably did too, Justin and I Tyler. Agree. I mean, like I, the guy's I, been there for twenty two years. And and he consistently goes bowling, but he hasn't done anything outside of that twelve and zero season that they had. He hasn't done anything super exceptional there in twenty two yeah, years. Like I mean, he's done decent. He did win a coach of the year back in like two thousand two. He's got two Big Ten titles. It, it's just hard. It's hard, as much as I hate Iowa. It's hard to like. He's done well. I mean, it's just like he's done. He's done well. I just again, I don't know. I. I it's hard to put anybody in these top coaches because I don't see. I, I kind of asked you guys this earlier, but d- without uh, Urban Meyer in the Big Ten, does that really like ruin the luster of the of the coaches? Because when I was ranking these coaches, I did not see Franklin. Is probably the only coach I would put in the top ten of the nation, probably. Well, I will I, say I, that when I was doing this exercise, that. I almost had Paul Christ as the number one for a split second. I uh, I had him. And I was like, yeah. Finally, I just d- dumped James Franklin in there. I didn't dump him. I mean, he obviously earned it. But I mean, there was part of me that had Paul Christ as the number one. When you think about the Big Ten coaches overall, without doing any additional research, and you're just kind of thinking. Back in the memory bank on who's the best coaches is Paul Chris. He comes up as you know one of the top guys in my eyes now that Urban Meyer isn't here. When Urban Meyer was here, it was a no brainer. It's like who's the best coach in the Big Ten? Urban Meyer. Now you have to do a little bit more thinking, and so it was kind of like James Franklin. Now it's James Franklin. There, there is no debate. I, I, I agree. I think. I think the thing is, is like I can look at James Franklin and go, look what he did at Vanderbilt. Like that guy won at Vanderbilt. When I mean, you guys want to talk about a tough place to win, he won at Vanderbilt. And, and, and say what you say what you want about Paul Chris, but the dude had a nineteen and nineteen record at Pitt. Like he did not look when they hired him. I thought the only reason they hired that guy was because it's his alma mater, and they wanted a guy that they knew was going to stick around. And I think that I still think that's the only reason they basically hired him. And he is doing well there. And he is one of the better coaches in the Big Ten. But I, he definitely would not be anywhere near my top ten. But I want, of the I want to country. go back to Ryan Day. I, I'm sorry. I want to get Ryan Day. So don't you think there's a possibility Ryan Day is Frank Solich? I mean, so. he's taken after he's taken after after Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer, with all of his, you know, bullshit is arguably one of the 10 greatest college football coaches of all time. So I also considered... And, and, and he took over and basically just kept the train running. He took over a playoff running. team. 
He took off. He took over a playoff team and took him to the playoff. We, you have no idea. Let, let's give this guy a few years before you crown his ass. So I, I considered Ryan Day, especially what he did while Urban Meyer was suspended. He coached those first three games and he completely dominated everybody that he played. And we joked on this program that Ohio State kind of got worse when Urban Meyer came back to the program, and uh, you know they finished off. They had a really good year, but it was like. It was still a drop off of what Ryan Day was coaching on those through those first three games. We joked about that. So fast forward to when he is the head guy for the entire season. He did nothing but, you know, kicked ass in every facet of the game. We talked about on this program. They were like top two in offense and defense. They did all of that. They were never that good under Urban Meyer. Statistically and just on the field, the eye test. All across, they were the hands-down best football team in the nation by a majority of college football uh, fans and people that watched the game last year. I don't think that it's a coincidence there that he just kind of fell into it. I think he had a lot to do with that because Urban Meyer was there a lot longer, but I think this team was more dominant than any Urban Meyer team than Urban Meyer ever coached. So I I have you have to give him credit there. I'm giving him credit there just for what I, he's again, done. Again, I think you need to see more than one season. Okay. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm the same as you. Like, I can move him up. I saw like enough. I saw enough but of him I to did put not him at number see three. In one season I, I did put him at number one, but I'm not. You had him, what, six? Seven? What'd you have him? I yeah. had seven. You had seven? You, you guys both had seven? That is just I way too freaking low. Six or seven. That, that's way too low for what he's demonstrated through one and a half seasons, I'll call. But it's, it's just such and a... And where did you have him at? Two? I'm at three. Three? It's just, uh, it's just too, it's too limited of a resume. I, I agree. I, I, I think I need to see just a little more out of him. And, and, and again, again, he, he could be, he could be number one easily. I mean, he could be again, number one just, easily if, if, if he continues the success. Yeah, okay. if he could do it, I mean, we'll see. I, again, but I just think when you take over a team, just like Frank Solich did, and God bless him, but the first few years at Nebraska, man, he looked like one of the best coaches in the country. All right. And fast forward five years, that guy was on the hot seat. L- let me ask you, let me guys, let me ask you guys a honest to God question here. Nebraska job becomes open. Scott Frost has to step down for personal reasons. The job is open. There's two guys that want the job. Kirk Ferentz or Ryan Day. Who do you want in that job? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, again, let, I, let me I, ask you this. Do you really think Ryan Day is coming here and doing this, going, going to the playoff with Nebraska right now? No, I'm just looking at your rankings, and you both have Kirk Ferentz above Ryan Day. So I'm just like, which one do you want? I mean... Do you want to see more, or are you just going to settle for Kirk Ferentz because you've seen more out of Kirk Ferentz and Ryan Day? Here, here's the reason why I would go Ryan Day. It's just because at this point in their tenure, I question if uh, uh, Ferentz could duplicate what he's done at Iowa at Nebraska. And I just don't think it took him a long time to build that program. I think we're so far away from what he would want to do at at a, for a program, I just don't think there. I think I'd go Ryan Day, and again, it, it, it's close. It really, I mean, it would be. I wouldn't be sad honestly about either of those replacements, but, um, but yeah, I, 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 I just, would hate Ferenc. Ferenc is Iowa. Screw him. Yeah, I would take Fleck out of any of them, outside of uh, Franklin, probably. I again, Fleck. We'll see what he does this year. I, I again, I, I would. There was a part of me. So when I did, uh, just for full disclosure, when I did my initial thing, I had PJ Fleck number five, and and I just sat there. I'm just like, I just was so low on the guy after last year. Like I was just so low, and I'm like, I, I got to see another year out of him. And, You're low on him does, why? Because he embarrassed Nebraska. Well, no, last year he did. Last year he did, but. Two years ago, okay. going into last year, if we had done this ranking, I probably would have had P.J. Fleck number 12 or 11. And just to bump him up 
from how low I had him to being a top five coach, which there is a great argument for that. Um, I again, I can't hold it against it. It was just a little extreme for me. I was just like, really? It, look, let me see it. Let me I see remember it you here. and Johnson kind of talking big about Fleck a little bit because of the momentum they had coming coming into last year after that bull win and finishing the season off strong, even though they got beat by 30 points to an 0-6 Nebraska team. So so, so I looked back at my notes on Minnesota, and what I said is I love the team Minnesota, but I don't trust the coach. And that was my feeling that P.J. Fleck was a hindrance to that team this year is what I felt last year. And, and yes, they did get some momentum, but I did not trust P.J. Fleck. He, he was corny. All those things we made fun of him about. Oh, I know like, you and Justin hammered him. Yeah, for and I and I can't, the last I, two years, and I've, I can't I've always buff him in the, I can't I've always told you I, I always love Fleck, but I've never had the hatred that you guys had for him. I can't bump him in my top five. I can't. All right, guys, we're going a little bit long here, so we need to move on to last call. No topics are off limits. Last call to you, Tyler. My last call goes to Tom Brady, who is now a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Guys, I felt like this could be a whole segment on this. It's so insane to me that he left. But in this time of uh, a lot of crap going on in the world, I, I want to thank him for giving us something to pay attention to in sports. Because if he didn't go to Tampa Bay, like sports would be sports center would be nothing right now. Um, I'm a big Tom Brady fan. I, I don't get Tampa. I don't get that move, but um, you know, if you hate the Patriots, it's a great time to mock them right now because they're probably going to end up with Jameis Winston as their quarterback. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a weird move. So what are your guys' thoughts on Brady going the Bucks? Right. He's too old. I don't care. And the biggest move the Bucks made was picking up Ndamukong Sue again. Two reasons for me to watch the Buccaneers this year. Tom Brady and Ndamukong Sue. I mean, Levante David. Levante David. I mean, you got some great Husker players there. You got the greatest quarterback of all time there at Tampa Bay. I mean, I want to see Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl. Super Bowl's in Tampa Bay this year, playing at home. Come on, Tom Brady. It ain't happening. Hey, Brady's too, I, he's too far gone. He can't I, do I'll it. tell you, Tampa Bay is probably like in my top four or five favorite teams right now. Like I, I, I'll root for Tom Brady. Yeah, I'll I root won't. for that team. The Huskers. I'll, never, oh, I'll yeah. never root for Tom Brady. Maybe, maybe they'll draft. If he breaks a, his arm and they, they can bring another quarterback in, I might root for, for the Tampa Bay to win it. Man, God, they, why they are you so the, hateful? Lamar Jackson. You'll live longer Brady's if you're more too, positive. He's Dad. a Michigan quarterback. Why are you like a Michigan quarterback? Tom Brady's too pretty for Derek. <laughs> say, right. say what you want. I don't like him. Last call to you, he Derek. Mil- he milks off his $40 million a year wife. I'd milk off her. All right. Let's move on. <laughs> I hope your wife ain't listening. Connor. So my last call is going to go back to Nebraska ball. We've uh, lost a few guys, boys. Deshaun Burt. Yep. Gervais Green and Cam Mack, who is entering the uh, NBA draft, although he's keeping his eligibility, <laughs> so he could come back, but it doesn't sound like he's going to. The other two have entered the transfer portal, so we're not getting them back. Uh, Justin, you were really worried about bringing all these guys back, these non-shooting mofos back. Doesn't sound like we're going to get any of these mofos back. No, it's, it sounds like it's going to be an all new roster. You know, arguably our best player, uh, Cheatham, he's going to be gone this year also. So we're going to field a, another brand new roster, basically. So it's it's going to be interesting to see what's uh, what's in store for Hoiberg and Nebraska ball. Uh, surely they got to be better than seven wins, right? I mean, but you even if they double their wins, God, 14 wins, is is that what we're looking at? I don't know. Tyler, what do you think? You know, I it's kind of a little bit of the Scott Frost. That much roster attrition is just a little bit concerning of a coach. Yeah. And I'm not I, – none of these guys I'm that, like, broken up about. Mac a little bit. I think he was, a you know, arguably our best player this last year. Wrong. Um he was a discipline Argu- case. He was a head arguably, case. Arguably, 
arguably in the conversation. I think he's a good player, but I think he was not. He was a discipline case. He hundred percent. But my point is, I think it's a little bit concerning with that. But on the flip side, man, maybe you just need to burn this house down and rebuild it. I mean, last year was the worst basketball season I can remember. Um, it's really hard to imagine that it's not uphill from here. Oh yeah, you can't go any worse. Uh, I'm going to stick with uh, basketball for my last call. My last call goes out to Mark Cuban. Uh, Made just like millions of other Americans are working from home. Uh, saw on this little scroll bar on ESPN that Mark Cuban, he's predicting that the NBA starts by mid-May. Uh, if he had to give an over-under, uh, he would say it under June 1st. So that kind of gives us something to look forward to. Even though that's still, you know, two months away. But uh, what do you guys think? Are you guys ready for NBA to come back? I'm 100% ready. NBA, as you guys know, is my second favorite sport outside of college football. Um, It's really, this would be the best time to have the NBA um, with everything going on. But yeah, I I mean, I hope he's right. I'm fearful that he's not. Um, because there's a lot of people that have the coronavirus. I don't think there's mixed feelings about playing in empty arenas, and I just don't know if we're going to be back to that kind of lifestyle in May. But I hope he's right. I, I Honestly, there's probably nothing I wish more than that he's right right now. Yeah, that would make me the happiest guy in the world. He's a pretty smart individual. Very smart. This guy should be president, damn it. Uh, Derek, thoughts? Uh, I'm kind of over NBA at this point. I'm kind of over basketball. It feels like it's already over. If they don't finish it out, I'm okay with it. Tomorrow was supposed to be the big day. Tomorrow was supposed to be my second favorite day of the whole damn year, and it's already canceled, so damn it, baseball's not starting. Hey, cheer up. We always have horse racing, guys. Always have horse racing. I just got when a they news can hit alert. a home run, I, come talk to me. I, I got a news alert, Derek, that they're talking about canceling the whole MLB season. What yeah, they can do thoughts? it with basketball too. Yeah, I'll tell you what: if they do that, guys, seriously, don't expect a college football season. Dude, can, I, I was joking about that. There was no news alert about that. I just wanted to see Derek's reaction. But the thought of no college football, like, I I don't know what I would do. We'll be fighting I, I zombies really, by that point. I mean, it won't matter because there won't be any power on. I mean, it'd be it's it. Life would just be really bad. If, can Can you imagine all of the inbred children in Alabama if there's no college football? A bunch of six fingered banjo <laughs> players, man. Don't they already have a bunch? Yeah, they got a lot. <laughs> There'll be a lot more, a lot more. And Nick Saban will be recruiting all of them. <laughs> This six-fingered banjo you run players. run faster with six toes. God, they can catch the ball. I tell you what. Good tight ends. That's what they make. Hey, oh. uh, all right, let's get out of here, guys. Fun episode <laughs> went long. Uh, special thanks to Connor Russell for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter, at Husker Cuzcast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes on Podbean, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and BigHeadsMedia.com. Rate, review, and subscribe. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. Be safe out there. And as always, go Big Red.